And I'll explain what that passage is in just a minute. And then he says, thus, tongues are a sign for unbelievers, but prophecy is a sign for believers. And then he says, therefore, when you gather, it's better if an unbeliever walks in, if he hears prophecy, because he'll hear God speaking to him and perhaps even the, the secret things of his heart will be revealed and he'll say, God's at work among you. But if he hears you speaking in tongues, then he'll say, you guys are all crazy. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. Here with Pastor Nick Katie. He is the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And we are back in our series, uh, Paul's Letter to the Corinthians. And our series is called Grace and Truth. And we've just been looking at verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of First. Corinthians, and we found ourselves this week in chapter 14. And if you missed uh, the sermon, you can go over there to whitefieldschurch.com and you can download it there. And uh, the sermon title was Building Up and Reaching Out. And it's the first part of 1 Corinthians 14, one through, uh, verses 1 through 25. And so if you're watching right now, and hey, hey, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, share this, or if you're listening to us on your favorite streaming platform, podcast, or things, just, you know, say you like it, give us five stars. Hey, you know, you could even review us if you wanted to. That certainly helps us, you know, gets us, bumps us up in the algorithm. And when, you know, people are typing in some of the, the questions that we're answering on these podcasts that, you know, our answers come up, you know, Christ-centered, uh, God-centered, gospel-centered uh, answers to their questions. And so that's what we're all about. And so you can help us uh, be about all that. So here we are, find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And, you know, let's this, these chapters 12 through 14, very, very interesting, very important as, as Paul kind of seems to, he wants to bring order to um, basically to the disorder that was the Corinthian church, and we've been seeing that. And what kind of the whole, uh, this kind of overarching theme that we've been looking at, and it just comes back week after week, is that we have a higher purpose in Christ, in Jesus. And, you know, it's not about us, you know. And, uh, and again, Paul touches on this again. It's, it's why has God given you gifts? He's given us gifts for building up of the church. And, uh, and so just a great way to get our priorities, get that when we come to church, yeah, we're going to receive, but we want to come to give because God's given to us. And out of that abundance, we want to give to the church and build up the church. And uh, so that was, that was kind of the gist, the, the main thrust of what you were talking about on Sunday. But there is also in this chapter, there is kind of a part that's kind of difficult to understand. And uh, we just want to talk about that as just a, you know, our main thing for, for this particular podcast. And, and it's kind of starting there um, uh, in verse 21, it goes through and it's, and it's Paul talking about the, the signs, like the signs of, of tongues and of, of prophecy uh, to believers and to unbelievers. And, uh, um, you know, maybe we'll just read these scriptures, um, just these last few verses. In the law, it is written by people, by people of strange tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people. And even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Well, prophecy is a sign for unbelievers, but for believers. 
If, therefore, the whole church comes together and all speak together in tongues and outsiders, unbelievers, enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all prophesy and unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. And so it's kind of a difficult debated passage. It's like, is Paul, you know, is it for the unbelievers or not for the unbelievers, these signed gifts? And, and so we wanted to talk about that a little bit today. Yeah, so I mean, we could say that this is there's an apparent contradiction that Paul's making here, um, and and I think that uh, it's important that we hash it out. So there are three main views on this. So essentially, here's what happens. He says in verse 21, he quotes from Deuteronomy 28, and I'll explain what that passage is in just a minute. And then he says, thus, tongues are a sign for unbelievers but prophecy is a sign for believers. And then he says, therefore, when you gather, it's better if an unbeliever walks in, if he hears prophecy, because he'll hear God speaking to him and perhaps even the, the secret things of his heart will be revealed and he'll say, God's at work among you. But if he hears you speaking in tongues, then he'll say, you guys are all crazy because he won't know what it is. And that doesn't seem to make sense with what that verse was saying before, which says that, well, if tongues are a sign for unbelievers, then shouldn't we want them to hear them? Because it's a sign for them. Well, we have to answer the question, a sign of what? Right? And so that this is, uh, there's three views on these verses that people are trying to make sense of them. What, what's really clear is verses uh, 23, 24, and 25. And so a lot of, you know, a general rule is interpret the difficult to understand verses in light of the easy to understand verses. So 23, 24, and 25 are really clear. Essentially, Paul's saying it would be better for the sake of an unbelieving person, a person who's not a Christian, if they walk into your church, it would be better for them to hear prophecy rather than speaking in tongues, right? Speaking in foreign tongues that are unknown to them because they won't understand what's going on. They'll think you're all wacky. But if they hear somebody speaking in an, in a known tongue and they hear words from the Lord being spoken by the prophetic gifts, then that will, that will convict them. So that's very clear. So what, what does that mean for the earlier passage? Well, there's three views on this. So one view is that when he quotes, okay, so one view is simple. The first one is simple, and, uh, and I think we can exclude it. So the first view is that actually the scribes who were copying these scriptures made an error, and they got mixed up. And what they meant to say was that uh, prophecy is a sign for unbelievers, but tongues are a sign for believers. Now, they would say, you know, they must have mixed up because it seems to contradict. Therefore, it was an error in the copying. Well, we know that that probably wasn't the case because we've now uncovered, especially within the last 60, 70 years, we've uncovered a really a lot of manuscripts from the, uh, the New Testament. And so we can compare them with each other and they don't they don't mix up those words. So clearly this is what Paul meant to say. The next interpretation is this one. It would say, well, if you look at that verse in Deuteronomy 28 that Paul quotes, 
what's he talking about? Well, in, in context, what he's talking about, that's a section in which, remember, Deuteronomy is Moses' final speech at the end of his life, right before Israel crosses into the promised land. It's his farewell speech that he gave over the course of a single day. And in that, uh, in chapter 28, he gives a series of blessings and curses. Basically, if you obey the Lord, here are the blessings you will experience. And if you disobey the Lord, here are the curses that will befall you. And this verse comes in that curses section where he says, you know, if you disobey the Lord, one of the curses that will befall you is that people from who speak a foreign tongue will come in and occupy your land. And then Isaiah talks about this same verse in his book in regard to the Assyrians and saying that this is what God said would happen, that if you disobeyed him, he would allow a foreign army to come and occupy and um, take over your country, which is what we know happened with the Assyrian invasion of northern Israel. We talked about that a lot last year and, and this year in our study through First and Second Kings. Um, so in other words, what they're saying is, notice it says there in uh, verse 22, tongue, no, sorry, verse 23, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's verses 21 and 22, where he says that by people of foreign tongues, he will speak to you, but you will not listen. In other words, some people would say what it means then that tongues are a sign for unbelievers, a sign of what? They would say a sign of God's judgment because they have not heeded the Lord. And so it's a sign of God's judgment that when they hear people speaking in tongues, that's a sign that they have not listened to God. They have not responded to God, and therefore it's a sign of judgment. So essentially, um, that's the one view. And then the view on that would be that, well, then the way that God speaks to believers is through prophecy. The third view is the one that I taught on Sunday, and that is that when Paul says that tongues are a sign for unbelievers— what he's referring to is what we read about in the book of Acts, where we see that on the day of Pentecost, um, remember, everybody, they receive the Holy Spirit. They have these tongues of fire that appear over their heads. And then uh, Peter speaks to the crowd in a known tongue. And he says to the crowd, um, this is what was written about in the by the prophet Joel, that in the last days this would happen, right? And so um, essentially what he's saying is that Speaking in tongues was a sign for the unbelievers that God was doing what he had promised to do in the time of Joel, the prophet. And then it happens actually more times throughout the book of Acts, and it's a sign that the Holy Spirit has come upon people. Now, we know that's not the only sign. There are a lot of other signs. And in fact, there's one case in the book of Acts where we read about the Holy Spirit coming upon people, and we, there's no mention that they spoke in tongues. Right? And Paul makes it clear in chapter 12, not everybody speaks in tongues. So um, all that to say, I really think that that third option is the one that makes the most sense. I think we got to exclude the first idea that the scribes just wrote it down wrong. I think that the manuscript evidence completely shows us that that's not the case. The second one, it's a sign of judgment. Okay, but it, I don't know, it seems like a bit of a stretch to say that. I, I think that's not a terrible concept, but it seems very clear that Paul's referring to the fact that when God did that initially, it was for the purpose of, like Peter said in Acts 2, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel, right? So it's a sign for unbelievers to see that God is doing this thing that he promised to do by the prophet Joel. Now, um, then he essentially changes gears in verse 23 and says, okay, but when the church is gathered together, right? 
that then tongues aren't as helpful because the person who comes in won't understand what you're saying. Instead, have prophecy that way that they'll not only understand, they'll be convicted. Yeah, no, that's very interesting to think about that, just to kind of put on our theological hats and kind of wrestle with these kind of difficult texts. And are there like some suggestions that you might have for people who, you know, are listening right now, watching them? And when you encounter difficult passages like that, like what are some of the things that you kind of go through in kind of unpacking or unlocking or, you know, decoding some of these things? Yeah. So this is the whole realm of what we call biblical interpretation and everybody does it, right? So everybody interprets. We want to make sure that we interpret well. And, um, you know, one of my favorite things to do is say, go back and look at Augustine or Augustine, one of the early church fathers, and he actually wrote a handbook for the Christians at that time on how to interpret the Bible well. And so he said a lot of mistakes in interpreting the Bible come from a few things that are kind of low-hanging fruit that we can fix and we can take care of pretty easily. One of them is um, make sure you, you get into the language, right? Make sure you understand how the language works. So use some resources and tools to make sure that you're understanding the actual words. Now, of course, one of the difficulties we have is that we don't speak the original language. Sometimes things get lost in translation. And so one of the tools that you can use for that part of it is um, there's uh, concordances and things like this that help you see the original text and what those words meant, even without speaking Greek. A good online one that's free is the Blue Letter Bible. It's a great resource. So blueletterbible.org. Um, great resource, and I would recommend it for anybody. You can look at the original language. It's translated word for word. All the different ways that that word can be translated and understood. It's a resource I use all the time, and I think it's it's really good. The, the other thing that Augustine mentioned, um, which is, again, something I mentioned earlier and is still true to this day, is that one of the most helpful things you can do is the parts of the Bible that are more obscure or harder to understand should be interpreted in light of the other parts of the Bible, which are clear and easy to understand. So like I said there, verses 23 through 25 um, are quite clear on what he's saying. He gives an example to illustrate what he wants them to do. So that's very clear. So then we would go back and try and understand the other part in light of what he says there. So I think if you stick with those and also read things in context, you know, um, that's one of the benefits of studying the Bible as we do on Sunday mornings, where we're not just picking out one or two verses or an idea, but we're actually taking the scriptures and we're looking at the verses before, the verses after, what is the full context so we can get the author's intent here. Yeah, no, that is, that's super helpful. And uh, just something for, for our, our, our listeners and our viewers, you know, giving you a difficult passage to look at and then give you some tools, you know. It's not, you know, if you come across a difficult passage in Scripture, it's when you come across a difficult passage in Scripture. You know, it just takes some time to just think think through it and use a lot of these, you know, tools that Pastor Nick has passed on to you and also just pray through it. You know, there's just another way just to think through it. You know, the Holy, we have the Holy Spirit with us and and He is there to, to help us think through these things and God's not going to contradict Himself. And so... Could I, could yeah, I jump in course, with yeah. a few more thoughts? I had a few thoughts after I said that. Another <laughs> thing that um, would help in biblical interpretation is going and looking at, once you've done this work, going and looking at seeing what have people said about about this in the past? What have uh, Christian 
pastors, teachers, leaders, what you usually find is that if there is a divergence in views, there's usually a couple different options and they'll explain those options. So look at some good commentaries. Some of those can be found on Blue Letter Bible as well. And, um, and the idea there is that we don't want to just come up with a brand new idea. We want to be in line with what God has been showing people by his spirit through his word who have been studying these things for centuries and generations. So, um, yeah, consider what people have interpreted that in the past and see if your what you're thinking is in line with any of those. Hear the counter arguments. There's a ton of good material out there. Mm-hmm. Always do theology in community. That's something we learned a lot in school. Theology isn't meant to be a solitary practice, like reading the Bible and interpreting it. It needs to be done in community with your immediate context, people mm-hmm. and brothers and sisters in the church, but also in a historical context with, with Christians throughout the ages who have been studying God's word. And, uh, and finally, you know, just one other thought from Augustine is if you read something and you don't understand it, that's okay. Keep reading the Bible. Eventually, as you store the truths of God's word in your heart, maybe later on you'll be reading a different part of the Bible, and then it'll suddenly make something click that you read before but you didn't understand. It'll kind of make bring it all together. Yeah, no, and, and I think one of the greatest tools is just, as you said, just read the Bible. And one of just kind of through the, through the Bible, you know, these through the Bible in one year kind of things, and you you kind of get the, get a chance to take that thirty thousand foot view of of scripture and the history and all that, how it all kind of fits together. And that's, that's really helped me over the years unlock a lot of things and understanding how some of these puzzle pieces kind of fit together. It's just by stepping back, reading it all, you know, just from beginning to end, you know, over and over and over again, and just taking it all in. And, And a lot of these things start to make a lot more sense and so so there you have it maybe there's some some difficult you know maybe you read something this week that was kind of difficult to understand well you know there's some tools that Pastor Nick has kind of passed on uh, for you to for you to do that to just kind of dig into that and find out what the Lord is actually saying in those particular passages hey if there was something you didn't verse or something you read that you didn't quite understand hey why don't you just send it to us put it in the comments and and we'll we'll take some time to respond to that maybe give you some tools and better understanding or maybe point you in a direction, you know, where you might better understand that particular verse or passages or or whatever it might be. And so if you miss Sunday sermon, uh, whitefieldschurch.com, you can get over there and download it, share it with somebody if you found it helpful and a blessing to you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. <laughs>